section twenty six of curiosities of literature volume three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org curiosities of literature volume three by isaac disraeli the rival biographers of Halen peter halen was one of the popular writers of his times like fuller and howell who devoting their amusing pens to the subjects which deeply interested their own busy age will not be slighted by the curious footnote dr halen's principal work ecclesia restaurata or the history of the reformation of the church of england was reprinted at the cambridge university press for the ecclesiastical history society in two volumes octavo eighteen forty nine under the able editorship of j c robertson m a vicar of beaksburn kent the introductory account of halen has enabled us to correct the present article in some particulars and add a few useful notes in the footnote we have nearly outlined their divinity but not their politics metaphysical absurdities are luxuriant weeds which must be cut down by the scythe of time but the great passions branching from the tree of life are still growing with our growth there are two biographies of our halen which led to a literary quarrel of an extraordinary nature and in the progress of its secret history all the feelings of rival authorship were called out halen died in sixteen sixty two dr barnard his son-in-law and a scholar communicated a sketch of the author's life to be prefixed to a posthumous folio of which halen's son was the editor the life was given by the son but anonymously which may not have gratified the author the son-in-law dr john barnard married the daughter of halen when he lived at abington near oxford he afterwards became rector of the rich living of waddington near lincoln of which he purchased the perpetual advowson holding also the sinecure of gedney in the same county he was ultimately made prebendary of asgarby in the church of lincoln and died at newark on a journey in august sixteen eighty three his rich and indolent life would naturally hold out few inducements for literary labour twenty years had elapsed when in sixteen eighty two appeared the life of dr peter Halen by george vernon the writer alluding to the prior life prefixed to the posthumous folio asserts that in borrowing something from barnard barnard had also excerpted passages out of my papers the very words as well as matter when he had them in his custody as any reader may discern who will be at the pains of comparing the life now published with what is extant before the chimalia ecclesiastica the quaint pedantic title after the fashion of the day of the posthumous folio 
this strong accusation seemed countenanced by a dedication to the son and the nephew of Halen. roused now into action the indignant barnard soon produced a more complete life to which he prefixed a necessary vindication this is an unsparing castigation of vernon the literary pet whom the halens had fondled in preference to their learned relative footnote mr george vernon according to wood athenaeoxoniensis four six hundred and six was made chaplain of all souls college afterwards rector of sardesden near churchill in oxfordshire of burton on the water in gloucestershire and of st john and st michael in the city of gloucester wood enumerates several works by him so that he was evidently more of a literary man than barnard who enjoyed learned ease to a great degree and was evidently only to be aroused by something flagitious the long-smothered family grudge the suppressed mortifications of literary pride after the subterraneous grumblings of twenty years now burst out and the volcanic particles flew about in caustic pleasantries and sharp invectives all the lava of an author's vengeance mortified by the choice of an inferior rival it appears that vernon had been selected by the son of Halen in preference to his brother-in-law dr barnard from some family disagreement barnard tells us in describing vernon that no man except himself who was totally ignorant of the doctor and all the circumstances of his life would have engaged in such a work which was never primarily laid out for him but by reason of some unhappy differences as usually fall out in families and he who loves to put his oar in troubled waters instead of closing them up hath made them wider barnard tells his story plainly Halen, the son intending to have a more elaborate life of his father prefixed to his works dr barnard from the high reverence in which he held the memory of his father-in-law offered to contribute it many conferences were held and the son entrusted him with several papers but suddenly his caprice more than his judgment fancied that george vernon was worth john barnard the doctor affects to describe his rejection with the most stoical indifference he tells us i was satisfied and did patiently expect the coming forth of the work not only term after term but year after year a very considerable time for such a tract but at last instead of the life came a letter to me from a bookseller in london who lived at the sign of the black boy in fleet street footnote this was harper a bookseller who had undertaken a republication of the ecclesia vindicata and other tracts by Halen to which the life was to be prefixed End of footnote. now it seems that he who lived at the black boy had combined with another who lived at the fleur de luce and that the fleur de luce had assured the black boy that dr barnard was concerned in writing the life of Halen 
this was a strong recommendation but lo it appeared that one mr vernon of gloucester was to be the man a gentle thin-skinned authorling who bleated like a lamb and was so fearful to trip out of its shelter that it allows the black boy and the fleur de luce to communicate its papers to any one they choose and erase or add at their pleasure footnote the author had desired mr harper to communicate the papers to whom he pleases and cross out or add what is thought convenient a leave very few literary men would give End of footnote. it occurred to the black boy on this proposed arithmetical criticism that the work required addition subtraction and division that the fittest critic on whose name indeed he had originally engaged in the work was our dr barnard and he sent the package to the doctor who resided near lincoln the doctor it appears had no appetite for a dish dressed by another while he himself was in the very act of the cookery and it was suffered to lie cold for three weeks at the carrier's but entreated and overcome the good doctor at length sent to the carriers for the life of his father-in-law i found it according to the bookseller's description most lame and imperfect ill begun worse carried on and abruptly concluded the learned doctor exercised that plenitude of power with which the black boy had invested him he very obligingly showed the author in what a confused state his materials lay together and how to put them in order nec facundia deserit hunc net lucidus ordo if his rejections were copious to show his good will as well as his severity his additions were generous though he used the precaution of carefully distinguishing by distinct paragraphs his own insertions amidst vernon's mass with a gentle hint that he knew more of Halen than any man now living and ought therefore to have been the biographer he returned the manuscript to the gentleman with great civility but none he received back when vernon pretended to ask for improvements he did not imagine that the work was to be improved by being nearly destroyed and when he asked for correction he probably expected all might end in a compliment the narrative may now proceed in dr barnard's details of his doleful mortifications in being altered and mangled by mr vernon instead of thanks from him vernon and the return of common civility he disfigured my papers that no sooner came into his hands but he fell upon them as a lion rampant or the cat upon the poor cock in the fable saying tu hodi mihi disserperis so my papers came home miserably clawed blotted and blurred whole sentences dismembered and pages scratched out several leaves omitted which ought to be printed shamefully he used my copy so that before it was carried to the press he swooped away the second part of the life wholly from it in the room of which he shuffled in a preposterous conclusion at the last page which he printed in a different character 
yet could not keep himself honest as the poet saith disitque tua pagina fur s marshall for he took out of my copy dr Halen's dream his sickness his last words before his death and left out the burning of his surplice he so mangled and metamorphosed the whole life i composed that i may say as socia did ego met mihi non credo ille alter socio me malus mulxavit modus plautus dr barnard would have patiently endured these wrongs but the accusation vernon ventured on that barnard was the plagiary required the doctor to return the poisoned chalice to his own lips that himself was the plagiary both of words and matter the fact is that this reciprocal accusation was owing to barnard having had a prior perusal of Halen's papers which afterwards came into the hands of vernon they both drew their water from the same source these papers Halen himself had left for a rule to guide the writer of his life barnard keenly retorts on vernon for his surreptitious use of whole pages from Halen's works which he has appropriated to himself without any marks of quotation i am no such excerptor as he calls me he is of the humour of the man who took all the ships in the attic haven for his own and yet was himself not master of any one vessel again but all this while i misunderstand him for possibly he meaneth his own dear words i have excerpted why doth he not speak in plain downright english that the world may see my faults for every one doth not know what is excerpting if i have been so bold to pick or snap a word from him i hope i may have the benefit of the clergy what words have i robbed him of and how have i become the richer for them i was never so taken with him as to be once tempted to break the commandments because i love plain speaking plain writing and plain dealing which he does not i hate the word excerpted and the action imported in it however he is a fanciful man and thinks there is no elegancy nor wit but in his own way of talking i must say as tully did malem equidem indissertam prudentiam quam stultam loquacitatem in his turn he accuses vernon of being a perpetual transcriber and for the malone minuteness of his history but how have i excerpted his matter then i am sure to rob the spittle-house for he is so poor and put to hard shifts that he has much ado to compose a tolerable story which he hath been hammering and conceiving in his mind for four years together before he could bring forth his fetus of intolerable transcriptions to molest the reader's patience and memory how doth he run himself out of breath sometimes for twenty pages and more at other times fifteen ordinarily nine and ten collected out of dr Halen's old books before he can take his wind again to return to his story 
i never met with such a transcriber in all my days for want of matter to fill up a vacuum of which his book was in much danger he has set down the story of westminster as long as the ploughman's tale in chaucer which to the reader would have been more penitent and pleasant i wonder he did not transcribe bills of chancery especially about a tedious suit my father had for several years about a lease at norton in his raillery of vernon's affected metaphors and comparisons his similitudes and dissimilitudes strangely hooked in and fetched as far as the antipodes barnard observes the man hath also a strange opinion of himself that he is dr Halen and because he writes his life that he hath his natural parts if not acquired the soul of st augustine say the schools was pythagorically transfused into the corpse of aquinas so the soul of dr Halen into a narrow soul i know there is a question in philosophy an animi sint i qualis whether souls be alike but there's a difference between the spirits of elijah and elisha so small a prophet with so great a one dr barnard concludes by regretting that good counsel came now unseasonably else he would have advised the writer to have transmitted his task to one who had been an ancient friend of dr Halen, rather than ambitiously have assumed it who was a professed stranger to him by reason of which no better account could be expected from him than what he has given he hits off the character of this piece of biography a life to the half an imperfect creature that is not only lame as the honest bookseller said but wanteth legs and all other integral parts of a man nay the very soul that should animate a body like dr Halen, so that i must say of him as plutarch does of tiberius gracchus that he is a bold undertaker and rash talker of those matters he does not understand and so i have done with him unless he creates to himself and me a future trouble vernon appears to have slunk away from the duel the son of Halen stood corrected by the superior life produced by their relative the learned and vivacious barnard probably never again ventured to alter and improve the works of an author kneeling and praying for corrections these bleeding lambs it seems often turn out roaring lions footnote the most curious part of the story remains yet to be told dr barnard was mistaken in his imputations and vernon was not the really blamable party we tell the tale in mr robertson's words in the work already alluded to who was the party guilty of these outrages barnard assumed that it could be no other than vernon but the truth seems to be that the rector of burton had nothing whatever to do with the matter the publisher had called in a more important adviser dr barlow bishop of lincoln Athene oxonianus three five hundred and sixty seven four six hundred and six the mutilations of barnard's manuscript were really the work not of the obscure gloucestershire clergyman but of the indignant author's own diocesan 
and we need not hesitate to ascribe the abruptness of the conclusion and the smallness of the type in which it is printed to mr harper's economical desire to save the expense of an additional sheet thus bishop barlow and the bookseller had made the mischief between the parties who instead of attempting a private explanation attacked each other in print End of footnote. End of section 26.